Hello, you're listening to the Lebanon Valley Express podcast. This podcast comes to you from Lebanon Valley College's Storytelling for Digital Media class in the Department of Design, Media, and Technology. Students in the class have assembled stories for you about barriers, breakthroughs, challenges, and changes. I'm Mary Pettis, their professor and host of the podcast. Welcome to the third episode of the Lebanon Valley Express podcast. In this episode, Overcoming Obstacles, Jacob K., Hunter, Jacob S., and Joseph have great opportunities, but realize that the only thing holding them back is themselves. As I hung up the phone on that cold November day, I was immediately filled with unlimited relief. That relief quickly turned to joy, probably the most I'd felt in years. Finally, I completed the journey I've been on since stepping onto the soccer field for the first time as a high school freshman. Two years prior, in the winter of my junior year of high school, I attended an ID clinic hosted by Lebanon Valley College. ID clinics are one-day camps hosted by colleges where high school soccer players, hoping to play at the next level, could showcase their talents in front of college coaches, hoping for a chance to earn a roster spot offer. As a junior, I still had time before my high school days were over and much to learn as a player. At this ID clinic, I met coaches Charlie Grimes and Tim Mell, two of LVC's four coaches who would assess my performance at the camp and email me with feedback. Thinking I had performed well, I was anxious to receive my email from the coaches, waiting about two weeks. But when I finally received my feedback, I was taken aback when the coaches recommended I work on things like my speed of play, decision making, and first touch. For a short time, I was discouraged. However, I knew that if I wanted to make it to the next level, I needed to lock in and focus on improving my game. So that is just what I did. After my junior high school season ended and my senior season came around, I had turned it up a gear. To do so, I had put 100% effort into my winter and spring club seasons, keeping in mind the feedback I had gotten from the ID clinic with my focus trained on getting better. Full of confidence and one of the biggest leaders on my team, I had a standout season earning awards such as First Team All-County, Team MVP, and Team Top Scorer. I felt in my prime and was not planning on slowing down. However, there was another mountain to climb in this journey. That was my college search, finding a good fit for me academically. Throughout my senior year, I visited numerous colleges and universities, going on tours and visits, attending seminars, and meeting with various staff members. But no matter how many schools I visited, none stood out to me as the one. I couldn't figure out what exactly I wanted in a college, and while going on visits had helped me to narrow some aspects down, it wasn't enough. With each visit that I went on, the pressure of deciding kept on mounting, and my stress to find the right school did as well. On top of it all, little to none of the schools I had visited had been recruiting me for soccer, which is something I knew I couldn't go on without. Then one day, I received an email inviting me back to LVC for another ID clinic. This second ID clinic was held in early fall, so there was a nice breeze in the air, making for a perfect day of soccer. The session began with some team-based possession drills, progressed into larger scale scrimmages, and then finished with a tour of campus. It was during those larger scrimmages that the coaches started to take notice of me. Eventually, I was positioned on their side so they could watch watch me play, making this ID clinic a huge success. After the clinic, I began researching LVC and what it had to offer academically, and I finally started to feel like I had found a future home for myself. I went ahead and submitted an application, which was only the easiest part. However, I was still yet to receive an offer from Coach Grimes to play at LVC, or else it was back to square one. 
Then, on a cold November day, I received a call that would change my life. Coach Grimes, letting me know how impressed he was with my talent at the ID clinic and the potential he sees in me, offered me a spot on the LVC men's soccer roster. After accepting his offer and getting off the phone, I let out a shout of triumph. Finally, after so many years of working my tail off for a chance to continue playing the sport that I've loved my entire life, I did it. The relief I felt was inexplicable, as well as the anticipation for this next chapter of my life that was previously one giant question mark in my mind. Looking back, the journey of the college search taught me some crucial lessons about patience and perseverance. I will never forget how hopeless I felt visiting school after school, having no concrete idea what I was looking for. However, I stayed patient, I kept working on and off the field, and I was rewarded. Today, I couldn't be happier with my decision. I now have a new family in the form of my teammates and coaches, and a clear vision in place of what I want to do beyond college, thanks to a little patience and a little hard work. Jacob Kramer is a digital communications major at Lebanon Valley College. In this next story, Hunter will be talking about how he took an internship and found he wanted to swap his major. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to be a computer programmer. I loved working on computers and understanding them. There was something very satisfying about solving problems or knowing what worked. When I was really young, I was given a PS2 from my father. After some, well, I guess convincing, they allowed me to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And it was only about a month later where I modded the PS2 so I could have mods and fly around in UFOs and stuff like that. Down the line, here I am in college. I'm a computer science major and I was pretty good at it. I was very good at the programming aspect but not so good at the math aspect. Well, last spring, I was given the opportunity from my cousin, Kyle Fox, who was the prodigy of my family and one of the smartest guys I know to work at his company called Finzac. This company was a core company, which means that any process that anyone makes when they go to a convenience store, to the grocery store, anywhere, all that data is tracked and put into the core of their banking system. So Finzac offers a core solution. I was given the under t opportunity to work under him in an internship role. This wasn't the first time someone in my family was offered a job by him. My mother is also currently an employee there too. She's in her third year. I took this internship after my sophomore year of college. Since I was studying computer science and data, it seemed like a good fit. I knew there'd be some learning curves and it would take time to get comfortable as it, with any new job. But some of the differences with um, programming is you need to learn the language, you kind of need to understand the syntax, kind of like learning a new, you know, language in general, just with computers. I was nervous. I wasn't so much worried about doing the job. I knew I was capable. But for some reason, I just wanted to impress my cousin. I know this might not seem normal, but looking back, um, I'm sorry, I know this might seem normal, but looking back, I think that severely inhibited me on doing a better job. But as to a better explanation of why, we need to go back to the beginning of summer. The job was completely online. So since my mom worked there for three years, we made an office downstairs in a former dining room, and I worked in my room. A funny story about the first day is um, I had to do onboarding. 
which is just the process of, you know, a company kind of getting you up to date with, you know, everything that's going on and kind of just, like, you know, integrating you into the family of the company. Well, that's my mom's job. She's the onboarding director. So the joke I always make to my family is on the first day on my Microsoft Office, like, schedule, um, it schedules out your day for you. And my first meeting of the day, 9 a.m., I won't forget this, it was a Zoom call with my mother. So, being upstairs, I texted her and said, do we have to do a Zoom? And she said, quote, opposed to what? Now, either she just doesn't like me that much, or there was other people that had to be in the Zoom. Well, it turns out that there was no one else that had to be in the Zoom. And I ended up downstairs next to her with the laptop in hand. Um, after understanding some of the core principles with my mother, my next meeting was with my cousin, Kyle, who was also my boss, and his team. Because Kyle was so high up in this company, he got to form his own team, and he actually pretty much, there was three segments of the company, and he ran an entire segment, which was called console. Um, the guys in his team were geniuses that built the software from scratch. The company was actually a startup since 2017, and everyone on their team kind of were the ones that built it from the ground up. So any conceivable question I could have, they already thought of years ago and thought of it twice as much as I have. So it was equivalent to a toddler asking her mother how her cars works. Um, you may think another weird aspect of programmers is you think that we work alone, which actually isn't the case so much. And when I say that programmers work on a team, I know that might seem weird and backwards, because I thought so too. You must, to understand how programmers work together, you must visualize a tree as a programming tr project. The trunk of the tree is the source code, the entire thing that builds up the company. Everything is in this trunk. When a programmer wants to work on a project or an aspect of this tree, they must create a branch. A branch gives the programmer access to the entire trunk, everything that is incorporated with the trunk, but in their own branch. So if you snap the branch, it does not actually affect anything else in the trunk. So once you're done with the project and you think it's good, you have to create something called a merge request, which is pretty much taking this branch and merging it back into the trunk of the tree. But this needs to be approved by everyone on the team. So that was kind of intimidating at first, too, just knowing that I would have senior programmers looking at my code and trying to, you know, critique it, which they definitely did. So there was definitely um, a humbling process to that, which was good, and it really helped me understand the dynamics of, you know, how life's going to be in the real world programming, because it's not just these projects on your own. It is working on a team. So the first project I did were simple especially the first projects I did were simple. Mostly just verbiage errors and minor bugs, just to get the hang of things. And I was doing a good job, but at the same time, I was afraid to ask my cousin for help. I think I was just afraid to look dumb. I would ask other people on the team for help before him, which ironically, they probably gave not as good of answers as he would have, because being my cousin, he could be a little more blunt to me, which maybe that's what I was also afraid of. And I think I was just intimidated by his success. He really was the prodigy of our family, and he still is. Um, he was practically one of the founders of the company. 
He owned a major portion of the stock and was highly regarded among his co-workers. Um, and, you know, he's a great guy. Um, me and him, him being, I think he's 40 now, and I'm about to turn 21. I mean, we're just kind of like, during the summer, I got a boat so I could go boating with him. And during the winter, we go snowboarding together. And at every family party, it's kind of me, him, hanging out. So, I mean, although he's a little older, he's still just a really great guy. And I really love just hanging out with him and getting to connect to him with him. So that's also why, looking back, I think I'm just a little confused on why I was nervous to, you know, disappoint him, which I don't think I did. But, um, anyways, um, his team was doing one of the most important jobs. They virtually did all the plumbing that you could think of. Every possible interaction one could have with this company had to go through the software they developed on his team. Um, another aspect to this job is I said that the job was completely virtual, which it was, but they had an office in Malvern, PA. So on Wednesdays, my cousin would always go down into the office. So I decided to join him. And I made a statement of joining him. So every Wednesday, we would meet up near the turnpike and carpool together. The office itself was very impressive. It was a huge open floor layout. No cubicles, but here's the twist. There was also no people, since it was optional to work in the office. Probably because of the pandemic, but I can't be 100% sure about that. But, and also, the company's very spread out all across the states. So every Wednesday... Me and my cousin, we'd go into this huge office, which we had all to ourselves. And it was quite funny, because once again, I would have a hard time asking him for questions. Even if he was really, you know, he was right next to me. So, there would be a lot of times where I'd be stuck on a problem, and it was, in hindsight, probably a simple problem, but it would take me hours to work up the courage to ask him. And... Another intimidating fact to actually being with him in the office is realizing just how many people kind of had his ear and needed his attention. Um, he was always in calls, um, always trying to help people out, always getting text messages, getting pulled each way. So I always kind of felt like a nuisance to the fact of me trying to ask some intern, some low-level intern, asking him for help when he had bigger issues to deal with. Because he was a programmer, but he also kind of needed to explain what we were doing to everyone else in the company. So even as this man sat right next to me, I was afraid. I was afraid of looking dumb, weak, or just plain clueless. And after several weeks on the job, I was given a pretty good, pretty big project by my cousin Kyle. And I excelled at it. I was ahead of schedule. The project was supposed to take me all summer, but it ended up taking me two weeks. And I still smile looking back on that. But once again, I was afraid to ask my cousin I was afraid of what my cousin thought. My head racing to myself thinking, why did he think this would take me all summer? Because he didn't believe in me? And this was a common theme all of, my, all of summer. At the end of the internship, there was supposed to be a review. I was nervous because I knew my cousin was going to be blunt about my performance and tell me if I was doing a good job. So, the day of the interview, or the day of the final review, we head into the office, it was a Wednesday, and most of the day, just anticipating it, not sure when it, not sure when it was going to happen, and then 4 p.m. hits, it's just me and him in this office, all by ourselves, 
and he's like, all right, right, ready to have the exit interview, and I was like, yes, and I probably had a grin on my face and was nervous, and surprisingly, all he had to say was that I did a good job. He praised my work, and he offered me, for me to come back in the winter. He told me that he was shocked at how, did I, how good I did, but also told me that he understood that this job took time and that it would take a couple more months of doing this for me to really understand the gist of the, the job. And he told me that anyone else would be in my position, but I was excelling on what I've done so far. And I was joyful. I was so happy. And looking back on it, I'm proud of myself at you know, how I accomplished that goal of impressing him and also doing a good job and being able to come back next summer and potentially in the winter if, you know, the company approves it. But that's not on him. That's the company's job. Um, so I guess a couple days later, it finally struck me that I should have not been nervous about impressing my cousin. And he's my family. And frankly, even if I had not done a good job, what have you really thought, thought any less of me? We'd still go snowboarding, we'd still go boating, and we'd still hang out and have a fun time at family parties. My cousin and I hung out a lot, and we're the best of friends. So in hindsight, I'm not really sure that me doing a bad job as a sophomore in college, um, kind of being thrown into the mix of his company, would have really affected our relationship. Before my internship, we still did the same activities, and after our internship, I still do the same activities with him. I believe the biggest lesson I learned from the job is that family is more important than any job. My cousin never judged my performance. He was just giving me opportunity. There was never a point where I should have been scared to ask for help because his opinion of me would have not changed. Not over some lousy programming questions, at least. Going forward, the next time I work with him, I'll be more open and convey my thoughts to him better. I learned to stop looking at the internship as a test of my ability and as an opportunity from a family member to learn valuable information about my major in the real world. And for this, I'll always be grateful for him. That was Hunter Dyler, a digital communications major that concentrates on programming, telling his story of overcoming barriers. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for joining us today in this week's episode. Make sure to tune in next week when we talk about stories of overcoming defeat and trying to find success when it doesn't seem possible. Probably play more, or the team was worse, and I didn't know a ton of people. Hunter Dibler is a digital communications major with a concentration in programming. In this next story, Joseph ended up failing a class, and it ended up being a good thing. As you may have heard, this story is about how I failed a class in college and how it benefited me more than I could. So basically, during my second semester of college in the spring, I wasn't doing too well grade-wise, but it was good enough to get a degree, somewhere along the lines of mid to high C's for most of my classes. I came into the class, Calc 1, on the first day and had no expectations for myself and just wanted to get through the class. Just another semester of the long list I had to complete for a computer science degree. The first complication that I saw was on day one was that the first exam was on the same day of the biggest swim meet of the year for our college. For some insight, 
I have been a swimmer since I've been a child, and that'd be around like 12 years of swimming. As you could probably imagine, this was a tough decision for me to- After the first day, I emailed the professor to tell her that I would not be able to take it that day, and would either have to take it before or after. She said that I'd be able to take it with another swimmer named Dave that also couldn't take the exam during class. We would end up taking the exam before, during her office hours. This sort of made me choose between taking the exam before and missing the in-class review or missing out on the biggest swim meet of the year for me, and I knew choosing swimming would re probably result in me lacking behind me. Skip ahead a few weeks after doing all the homework, it was time for the exam. The exam was short for exams, but the questions were some of the hardest questions both Dave and I have seen. We tried to take our time, but they were just short, difficult questions. Some things we never even talked about in class. Both Dave and I failed the exam, leaving a big dent in our grade. We would keep going every day, and then the next exam, we got a similar result, and the next, and the next. I decided to swap the pass-fail for the class, it, as it would allow my GPA not to suffer with a low passing grade such as a D-. Then the deadline to withdraw from the class rolled around, and I decided and calculated it out that it was still possible for me to pass a class with path. Because of this, I started working harder on my homework and quizzes, and so I would write a bit smaller to save space for all my homework. Then she started to give me basically no points for the homework that I would work much harder on. One day I checked my homework with my friend that writes bigger than me, and we almost had exactly the same thing, but they were getting full credit and I wasn't. I wasn't angry or anything, just disappointed in the professor that she would grade me worse because of my handwriting size. It was just annoying especially because I would be working extremely hard and she would give me a 1 out of 5 on a completion assignment. This almost made me devaluate the whole class and basically lose all drive to go to class and just do work for the class in general. After that, I basically gave up on the class in general and stopped going. Then when finals came, I decided not to go as my grade was so bad that I couldn't even pass the class with a 100 on the exam. I started to think on what I enjoyed and what I would want to do as my major because computer science was no longer an option for me. This then left me scared of the future and scared that I wasted so much money and now I'm going to change what I wanted to but during my first semester, my advisor put me in digital communications classes because many people made the swap from computer science to Digicom. I was already at the time enjoying these classes as it allowed me to have creative freedom and basically give me some lenient rules and the rest was on me. I thought about going into engineering, but looking at everything that would be needing to go through some math, more math classes, which scared me away from it. I ended up on digital communications, which is something I had some classes in already, so I already knew what it was like. I ended up making a full swap to DCOM where I am now, and I am extremely happy with where I am. Joseph Beidler is a digital communications major. He swims and plays esports at Lebanon Valley College. In this last story, Jacob S. talks about finding a right fit for college. I played lacrosse almost my entire life. 
since I was seven, if I remember correctly. I still play to this day, actually. Going into high school, I had a choice whether to go to a school where I might not play as much, but the team was better, and I would be playing with people that I've known my entire life. Or somewhere where I'd probably play more, but the team was worse, and I didn't know a ton of people. I surprisingly chose the latter. My thought process was that I wanted to play as much as possible, and also help that my mother worked at this school. At this point, I wasn't sure how I'd transition to the talent level of high school, but I really wanted to play and was doing my best to make the varsity team. After weeks of working hard in the preseason, I was announced that I made the varsity squad. However, I was not a starter. For those who don't know much about lacrosse, there are 10 players on the field for each team at almost all times. Three offensive players known as attack, three midfielders who could play offense and defense, three defenders, which is what I played, and one goalie. At this point, I had mixed emotions. Sure, I was glad I made varsity, but I really wanted to be a starter, and in my head I felt I was good enough. A few weeks later, before the season started, one of our starters ended up being ineligible for the beginning of the season because of his grades. This ended up sliding me into the starting lineup, which I was very excited about, but I was also anxious about it. How am I going to perform? What if we don't win? These are some of the thoughts I had in the back of my head. Well, let me say the team wasn't great compared to other teams. Quickly, I learned it was okay to lose. It was a humbling experience to say the least, but the best thing about my first high school season is that I learned what I needed to do in order to start in the future. One main thing I learned from my first season is that it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to learn off of your previous mistakes. And that's what I did. My sophomore and junior year had a couple of similarities in them, the main one being the bumps in the road. Sophomore year had a pretty good start. I was once again a starter. However, during one practice, while we were doing a scrimmage, which we usually did almost every practice, I was clearing the ball, which basically means I was taking the ball up the field, trying to get it from defense to offense, which I did a lot. That was my job for most of the season. One of my teammates kind of shoved me on the hip, which caused me to go airborne while I was running. And when I landed, I heard a loud pop and fell to the ground. My initial reaction was I thought I tore my ACL or had another significant injury to my knee. Luckily, after multiple x-rays and getting it checked out by multiple doctors, I was able to avoid anything major, which made me feel relieved. I still had to miss a few games, which sucked, but at least I didn't have to miss the rest of the season and maybe part of next season. My junior year, I felt like I was having one of my best training camps ever, and I was due for a very big season. However, the season was canceled because of the pandemic. I still don't know how, to, how I feel about this. Obviously, I was sad, disappointed, angry even. But there is an exact feeling for how I felt. All I was thinking was, would I be able to play next year? And would I pick up where I left off? Senior year, I was lucky enough to play. I was elected as team captain, which made me feel glad that some of the guys looked up to me and saw me as a leader. Even though we unfortunately ended up not winning a single game this season, I won team MVP, was voted as all-conference honorable mention, and was invited to the senior all-star game. 
This involves the best players from every team in the state, most of which are going to college to play lacrosse. Teams are split by North and South. I was on the South team. The North team consisted of most players that were going to play Division I lacrosse. They even had the player of the year on their team. While the South team was talented, around half the team wasn't going to play lacrosse following this game. Felt like the North team had an easy game for them. We weren't going to make it easy. Under the lights, the stands were packed and a lot of adrenaline going through all the players. It was the biggest game I've played in yet. The game was back and forth. Back and forth. After regulation, the game ended up going to overtime. The score was 11-11. to And lacrosse overtime works so that the next team to score wins. Lots of great plays all around, which was expected. But the fact that the South had a chance to win was insane. And we all knew we had to capitalize on this opportunity. After a couple possessions and very close calls for both teams, we ended up having the ball. One of our players ended up dodging down the side, shooting, ball went low, and it snuck right past the goalie. Our entire team rushed the player that scored. I won my final high school game. Jacob Snarsky is a digital communications major at LVC. Thanks for listening to the Lebanon Valley Express podcast. Please visit our website for the episode list and links to the podcast. We're at lebanonvalleyexpress.wordpress.com.